0: Hi, I'm JD. This is ChimeraCast, a production of the Chimera Collective. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We also have merch available and just launched our Patreon. For backing, you'll gain access to our Discord and the ability to vote on upcoming seasides. You can also get an RSS feed for an unabridged, tableside version of the podcast, which includes all our banter, rules discussions, and session debriefs. We'll also have game readings and occasional exclusive seasides in that feed. Links to the details and our social media are in the show notes.
1: Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Melio Moretti, the Bard. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Urazidi, the Spellblade.
2: Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm playing Kimin Belascus, the Shaman.
0: Hi, I'm JD. I'm the Dungeon Master for this game. This is ChimeraCast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. The three of you had reconvened after Uzidi traveled briefly through the land of smoke and met a servant of his master, Shemesh, asking for more power. While the two of you, Melio and Kimin, had made your way onto a metal platform in the middle of the Acid Lake, learned some things there, and then everybody worked together to pull Ruzidi back from the Land of Smoke and back into our material realm.
3: All right, now how the hell do we get off of this thing?
1: Well, how did you two get onto this thing?
4: Well, there was this skiff... But some undead reptile took it under. Got any ideas, Zoroziti?
1: Are we sure that this
4: thing is an island?
2: Kimmon stomps on the metal platform. What do you mean? It has a dull dead echo in it. Seems that it was built.
1: I thought maybe it was, you know, moored out here.
2: It's not like... Bobbing at all as we're walking around on it. Is it JD? No, it's very very solid.
1: Oh, okay
3: Unfortunately not
1: Emilio can't you just paint us a boat to get off of this island
4: then? It doesn't work like that What
1: do you mean it doesn't work like that?
3: He has to harken back to something.
1: So tell a story about a boat There's got to be a magic boat story. Maybe one that flies made from dragon bones This is easy stuff Do you need me to tell you a story? I'll make one up now. I tried, man.
4: You two really just don't get it, do you?
1: I just make magic stuff happen.
4: I don't know how you do it. Mine's connected to something a little bit more arcane than whipping up some smoke or something. Yours revolves around your little sword over there. It's a glaive. Glaive. Whatever. See, I can treat your little magical things the same disrespect that you treat mine. Inspiration doesn't just come out of nowhere. It needs to be affecting and real.
1: If I dangle you out over the acid, will that make you come up with something affecting and real?
4: You could give it a damn try.
3: Well, wait. What about the harpies? What, what about, about them? Em? That's how we got. One of us got here. It's the only thing around with
4: wings. So what are you thinking? We just call them down here to give us a, a ride back to land? Kimmin looks at you and shrugs. That is the stupidest thing I have heard in the last five minutes. And I've had to listen to Ziti.
1: Aren't there some spirits around here you could talk to, Kimmin? Maybe they could make some steps for us. We could walk on their heads across the water.
3: We have the conversation already about your stupid sword. I don't need to repeat what he said. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, maybe you should just whip out your sword and, you know, I don't know, cut through the river, man. That'd be a damn sight more helpful than anything that you two have done. I'm sorry. Would you like to go back to where we pulled you out of?
1: Well, fine. If that's how you guys are going to talk about Talon, then, and he, like, does the come get some gesture at both of you. What's our world's equivalent of
0: Rochambeau? We've never discussed it. <laughs> How is it determined in Chimera
4: who goes first or whatever? Goat, lion, dragon, shoot. <laughs> goat, lion, dragon, shoot. Ah, see, I did dragon, dragon, swipes. All right, I win. Upon revealing the dragon claw that sweeps down to collect the goat hand, I just immediately walk over, ball my fist up, and... Sock Urazidi right upside of the head.
1: Yeah, as soon as I see him balling his fist and walking towards me, I'm going to drop into my sword magic form. Cool. Or do you want us to fight a little bit?
0: Melio, you are charging at him. Are you earnestly doing this? Half-heartedly doing this?
2: What's going on here?
4: I'm going to give him a good sock across the head. I would say that at the very
2: least, Kimmin knows what's going on. I assume you do too. That doesn't mean you're not taking an opportunity to punch him.
4: Yeah, I'm taking an opportunity to just whack him upside the head. That follows.
0: So, Razidi, then, just give me your normal roll for sword magic. You're at least engaging Martially.
1: Eleven.
0: That's three-hold, right?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to burn two of them as soon as the fist starts coming at me. I think as it's, like, making contact, the world around the three of us just kind of blurs and shifts. We get that, like, momentary slide through the Plane of Smoke, and they, like, see it, and then we just appear on the shore. And then,
0: Milio, you're not really hacking and slashing or anything. Give me a Defy Danger plus, I think, Strength for power's sake.
4: Uh, that's an eight. Okay.
2: Obviously, I'm not going to make you roll any damage. Just saying he made contact is about yeah, is, is, no, that's fun, fun. is honestly fun enough, if I'm being honest.
1: It's more of a slap, which is almost somehow worse for Urazidi. Melio, you can get this punch
0: off, I think, but you realize that in order to do so, his blade work is actually good enough that you would end up in a compromised position. By which I mean not that he's going to hurt you, but that he could hurt you if he wanted to, if you go through with this punch. You have to overreach a little bit, I think. Do you go through with
1: it? Yeah. If you hit him and he just like smacks you in the
4: dick with the butt of his <laughs> glaive. So I get the I get the slap off on the side <laughs> of your head, and uh, I tighten up. <sighs> I got nothing else. That's all.
1: <laughs> well, there we go. Problem solved.
2: Like rubbing at your cheek.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: Kevin is gonna help Melio up to his feet. Glad you won. Yeah. Wasn't worth going any further.
3: No, yeah, I think you had him. Let's go.
4: Shut up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You guys are back on the shore. There is a tentacle creature writhing around over here. It's on the other side of the shore, right? I think so, but I think it's like moving, right? So you
2: can't stay here forever. No. I do want to know what's the lay of the land here. I surveyed the last area. I led us here, so somebody else should do it, so...
4: Didi, it seems like it's you. Well, I've been, I've done it too, so yeah. let we'll see what's going on.
1: So you guys are
0: going to figure out somewhere to go?
1: Yeah, is it night or is it daytime? It was evening. Oh yeah, we had to do it at dusk. That's right. So it's it's like dark out.
0: Yeah, that's right. It was dusk. So yes, it is it is night now.
1: We should find some high ground and wait for morning. Use the light to actually pick somewhere to go. I have a question.
2: How far away is the blood cataphract? And do you actually say we should wait for morning?
1: Oh, I didn't even think about that. No, that's, that's a good consideration. We just see the blood cataphract kicking the shit out of the ink, <laughs> cracking. No, I'm, I was just fucking around.
0: I don't know. I kind of think that's interesting. I think that by the time you would have come back, especially the blood cataphract is like standing also on the opposite side of the shore. And wherever these ink tentacles like hit it, it just smashes like waves on a, on a cliff against his blood red armor oh sick it's just standing there and staring at you as usual
1: yeah I think Urzidi is just takes off like well no use sticking around here it is
4: night should we think about setting up camp
1: I think Urzidi's getting out because I have that lamp or a lantern you see him lighting the wick that's in there and my eyes are different now the irises are like obsidian black with gold flecks in them
0: Urzidi, it sounds like you were just heading off.
1: Yeah, no, that's absolutely what's happening. I'm, like, wandering the wasteland.
0: Yes, Uruzidi, you decided to wander through the vulture lands. When you head off through the vulture lands with no specific location in mind, well, plus nothing, go for it. That's an 11. So on a 10+, plus, then, you stumble onto a location nearby the one you left. So what that means is you're going to find a new spot. I have to
1: figure out
0: what connects to here.
1: Is it only on a 7 through 9 that you find something useful or valuable in your wanderings
0: that's the only way either you don't get to
1: your location you have
0: to make this roll again but you do at least find something useful or you can choose to get to a new location but there's a negative associated with it so the only the 10 plus is just you get somewhere without there being a negative to it right right ruzzi do you take off into the surroundings into the darkness your two compatriots i assume are following you yeah however it is very dark The haze that hangs over this place, and then the lack of sunlight. There are no stars, and there is no moon to guide you. It's only the light of your lantern that appears to provide any direction at all. Gets to a point right where you're not even really sure what direction you're headed. But you eventually, after meandering a little bit, find some stairs carved into the ridge. And unsure of where else to go, you just begin heading up these stairs. As you make your way up, there's almost a pulse underfoot as you walk up one step and then up another. These steps are a little larger than you're comfortable with. Each one, you know, is almost the equivalent of two stairs or even a little bit more. Like, they're tall each time they rise up. But they're wide. There's plenty of room. It's not a harrowing journey up this ridge. You get the impression of awe and almost vertigo. The way that it feels when you look up at mountains... Even though you're not looking up at anything, there is this, like, kind of feeling as you make your way up of approaching something magnificent. You can see that the ridge continues onward, but you have reached a point where, rather than a stair, things flatten out. And rather than just a raw stone stair, the floor changes into a mosaic. Tiles placed. You can see some carvings in the stone, but by your lantern light, it's difficult to make out exactly. But you know that this is a clearing or like a quarry it is a section of this ridge that has been carved away and on the far side of it there are these carvings in the stone not just being shaped but being molded and there are numerous large rocks piled around in this area also with carvings in them that have broken some of the mosaics there's like a strange scent in the air it's like copper and algae
1: what do you do I am using the, like, thieves' lantern. I think I've got the apparatus opened so that it's not a tight beam of light, but like a broader cone of light. Can I make out what this mosaic
0: is of? The mosaic, at least from where you're standing, has, like, different colors in it, but it doesn't appear to be, like, a picture.
1: Oh, okay. It's more like a pattern.
0: More like a pattern, yeah. Emilio and Kimmin, obviously you were there as well with your companion. Well, what are you guys doing? As you come up onto this clearing in the stone.
2: These stones that are breaking up the mosaic, are they in the floor or in the wall? or? It's only the floor that's a mosaic. The rocks are like, it's mostly boulders.
0: There are some rocks as well, right? But yeah, they're just scattered around the floor.
2: But they're breaking up the mosaic. Is, is...
0: Yes, breaking up the mosaic and have broken the mosaic. Yep. Yeah.
1: So is this like a spot we could move through, like across the mosaic, or do the stairs keep going up Mm. the ridge? Is it like a landing on a uh, flight of stairs? You can certainly go deeper into this section,
0: but the stairs do also keep going.
1: Okay. Perhaps we should wait here for the light of day? It seems foolish to keep pressing our luck.
4: Seems like a good a place as any to hunker down. Feels a little weird in here. Anybody else get that?
1: Maybe we don't camp on the mosaic. Just for safety's sake. Does the mosaic come right up to the steps, or is it like steps, ground, mosaic starts?
0: The mosaic comes right up to the steps.
1: The stairs kind of end at this point, and then Mm -hmm. they continue
0: on past this point. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? It's like a big landing, and then it goes deeper into the rock. Yeah.
1: Well, this gives us just two choke points to keep watch over
4: well maybe we should scout out the whole area first to make sure we're not missing anything
2: yeah kimmon's already at the edge of the landing looking out over the valley i guess over
4: the ridge you're looking out i'm looking in i start moving into the landing
0: sure as you make your way in a little bit i think what catches you is the way that Urazidi's lantern light is gleaming off of parts of these stones that have fallen these massive boulders reflects almost like a mirror as you make your way like between a couple of these large boulders that have fallen here you kind of see other places where the mosaic is cracked and broken like they've they've fallen and rolled or something like that but as you go you hear a muffled chant coming from deeper within this carving
4: great well i've lost my boots due to an acid bath so my bare feet are pretty quiet as they walk upon the ground but even still at the notice of the chanting that i can hear i lighten my step a little more hold on to the hilt of my bearded axe and move quietly forward into the darkness
2: are you you choked up really high on it yeah exactly yeah like i could
0: punch somebody with the head of it yeah So you don't have a light yourself, right? That you're carrying or anything? Nope. Absolutely not. You're kind of working with the reflections of Urizidi's lantern. So it's a little unclear. Things are shadowy by the time you really get deeper into this place. You can likewise make out just a couple of details of carving up on the wall in front of you. Kind of the, the back of this section. But before that, you see... A silhouette or a shadowy form, which is, I guess, maybe reflecting just a few points of light here and there, of what look like a few pillars or spikes jutting out of the ground, maybe. It's difficult to tell exactly, reaching a height of 10 or so feet off the ground. Before these spikes or these columns that are here, you see three figures moving in the darkness. It's again difficult to make them out. They're clearly humanoid. And yeah, you hear this. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. 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 wait is this chanting or is this like three guys talking like it's not talking is it chanting or
0: it is a rhythmic onending chant yes it seems to echo off the far wall from from the point that they're specifically standing okay on top of that you hear a rasping
1: <laughs>
0: great it's very quiet but you can you can hear it underneath the chanting now that you're this close
4: do I recognize this this type of chanting that's going on in any kind of way? Is this like a performance that I would have seen or heard or understood in some capacity?
0: Yeah, give me a roll. You're from, a, will say, a cultured area, right? You're used to whatever religious practices, I think, of a wide variety probably. Give me a spot, Laura. Let's see.
4: I will mark an experience point.
0: The rock that you're hiding behind, kind of, or crouched behind, you're leaning on it a little too hard, and a chunk of it breaks off and slams into the mosaic on the ground, cracking the tiles. Mm. The chanting stops. Mm. Uruzidi and Kimmin, you guys are still back on the, the landing of this area, as Melio makes his way, kind of exploring a little bit deeper, maybe trying to scout out a place to camp, something like that what are the two of you doing are you guys talking about anything are you gonna follow are you looking for something else what's going on
2: Kimmin's on his belly looking out over the the ledge looking for harpy nests or whatever uh you're trying to scout for danger uh, I will I'm gonna have a conversation first That's, okay that was I was just setting the cool year. so we uh
3: we headed out kind of abruptly back there
1: yes Kimmon looks over why? Did we establish that Kimen and Melio can't see the cataphract?
2: I don't think so. I think we just established that we didn't about as much as yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of thought it was less that they
0: can't and more that they don't notice because of whatever magic is.
1: Yeah, yeah. You mean you really didn't see him? Who? <gasps> the armored figure who's been following us around.
2: Kimen sits up confused and a
3: little alarmed. We're being followed? He didn't say anything.
1: Well, he hadn't been that close yet.
3: What? Close? Who cares how close it is?
1: He's a family friend. She's not the kind of family friend you want to invite to dinner or allow to be around other people, really. Kimon's
2: fingers are at his braids, walking around and jangling. Either
3: we're being followed by someone you trust, or not. What are you telling me?
1: Well, I trust him to do his job. And his job might be to kill me. I'm not sure. Might? What? I'm assuming my father sent him.
3: I have... I have no words for what's happening here. Should we do something about him? If
1: we try to kill him, it's very likely that we'll end up being the ones who are killed. He's probably just here to keep an eye on me. That being said, I don't really want to talk with him or be dragged back to father over the horn of his saddle or being dragged behind his horse both sound unpleasant
3: so I'm just supposed to be okay with us being followed I try
1: to ignore it you can handle it however you want to just don't think about it
3: (laughs) (laughs) just don't think about it fine fine Say something. Next time. Point. Fuck.
1: It's family business, and quite frankly, I wasn't sure that your peasant brains would be able to process a knight who shares the divine blood of my father. Like I said, family business.
2: Kimin had started to lean back over the edge of the ridge, and he gets back up to a knee and slowly stands up and walks toward you.
3: Our peasant brains... Just pulled you through, if I'm counting. Three separate planes of existence. And you don't think I can understand that your father enchanted a knight to follow you.
1: Urzidi gets this kind of wall-eyed look and blinks at Kimmen, purposefully acting innocent. Suppose the peasant brain is capable of some cleverness now and then.
2: Kimmins nose-to-nose with you. I think you've been backpedaling for a second, and I think your heels are to the edge of one of the steps.
3: Clever. Do you really think that Melio was trying to attack you earlier? Do you think you got one over on us, even then? Do you think that I thought that you were trying to really split us up? We understand you. We can follow your logic
2: grabs you by the collar like pushes a little bit i think you're like bobbing on your heels so tell me what is it
3: about our peasant brains that hasn't been following your royal movements what machinations do you have that are operating at such a higher level to ours go on blow my small
2: brain like real close for the record, if I'm not pushing hard enough to hit your flag, tell me, but I think this hits your flag. That's mostly what I'm going for. Will you remind the audience what that flag is? And and definitely not me, the DM? I would. So I, I believe it's show me a blind spot in my royal upbringing, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I think that definitely hits my flag. Urzidi's eyes narrow. Perhaps I have underestimated the two of you, but also some things are none of your business and i think he pushes you away from him what are you here for to fix some hole in the spirit realm (sighs) i would remind you of my flag
2: push me to acquire treasure despite cost to my spirit and i think uh, pointing out the obvious hypocrisy or lie of why Kimmins here is totally reasonable what is your, like, given reason? Something to do with the boar. There is, like you said, some harm to the spirit world. You're to mind dead gods. Well, sort of. I hadn't been particularly forthcoming the entire time. I'm here for treasure, but I certainly am not telling you guys
1: that. And, yeah, we kind of touched on that.
2: I totally think you should press on that. If
1: I don't find that I, my siblings will devour me when I return home. And my father will let them. For me, this is My life. My death. Melio's looking for a story. You're trying to repair the spirit world. You're both fools. Look at you. Look at where we're at. You don't think you could have more? You don't think you should have more from this place? I can see them. I can see all the spirits that are loose here. You could bind all of them. I see you, Kimmon. I know that you don't have some great ethical compunction against doing it or giving up so much power, so maybe I am right. Maybe you are a fool.
3: The only foolish thing I've done is not let Melio kill you when you left him for dead.
0: You guys hear a low, loud thunk echoing from deep within this carved cathedral. Melio we're back to you You just accidentally broke off a piece of this broken boulder that you were leaning on And the chanting has stopped because of this You can tell that the figures ahead of you are turning Though still difficult to see in this kind of hidden darkness that you're in What do you do?
4: I slowly start creeping away from the loud noise that I just made Albeit very quickly Because I do not want to get caught by whatever that is Especially if they seem attuned to anything being disturbed So I'm going to start backing away slowly
0: are you are you trying to hide again? Are you going to try to sneak somewhere else? What are you thinking?
4: I don't know if there's any good places to sneak or to hide. So I'd rather start making my way back towards the people that I'm with.
0: As you're first backing up, moving slowly enough to hopefully not be seen, but quickly enough to get the hell out of there, you see a quick movement in the shadow of the gleaming light that is bouncing through here. And you hear a little something moving in the air. A small spear comes hurtling out. It's kind of flashing through, like light, dark, light, dark, light, dark. You can tell it's headed your direction.
2: Frank Miller drew this, and it looks sweet. <laughs> I, uh, actually, when I
4: was serious. Yeah. It would look really cool. Yeah, that's a pretty cool couple of panels. Yeah, I'm going to use one of my mini skills, uh, the roll, and roll the <laughs> fuck out of the way of the spear coming at me.
0: Yeah, give me a Defy danger plus dex. <laughs>
4: So that's a three and a one, and a plus a two is a six. Oof. Well, it sounds like we hit with a javelin.
0: Uh, Yes, you are going to get hit with a
1: javelin, it sounds like. How far away are we? Like, how big is this place?
2: It's large. Yeah, I think I think we'll get there after this rise is more or less what I'm understanding.
1: Gotcha.
0: Yes. You're not going to be able to aid on this. You're not even aware of what's really going on, right?
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: you are going to take 1d6 damage.
4: Armor obviously applies. Uh, it's a five, so I'll be taking four damage, put me down at a healthy seven. Oof.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. I think I think as you're trying to you're trying to back away, this catches you in the leg probably. It's relatively flimsy. It doesn't quite break on contact. It isn't a massive spear or anything like that.
4: Yeah. Totally.
0: However, it is going to I think stop you from moving any further. And two of these figures are approaching you. You can tell that they have no flesh.
4: I'm going to take my axe very quickly because I'm in a panicked mode and break the shaft off on this spear so I'm not just the porcupining out. And then these two fleshless things are coming at me, huh?
1: Do they have muscle and stuff or are they skeletons or are they just like don't have skin on the outside? They're skeletons. Oh, okay. Are we talking lumbering
4: or uh, quick moving?
0: They move like a normal person would. Oh. They're not zombies.
4: I'm going to uh, prepare myself for this skeleton attack. I'm going to have to defend myself. Do they have weapons?
0: Well, one just threw a javelin at you, so...
4: Well they got other weapons? Well, are uh, unsheathing things?
0: Yes, they are armed.
4: Then in that case, I'm going to... Uh recede my choke on the bat as it were of my axe to give myself a little bit more of a a distance so i can swing a little further at it and i'm going to try and get myself in a defensive position i've been javelined and i really can't move that well so i'm going to have to protect me
0: yeah go ahead and roll defend it's an eight one hold. These skeletons are approaching you, and as they do so, I think we can cut to Uruzidi and Kimmin approaching onto this scene. There's now more light reflected here, so that's useful, since Uruzidi is carrying his lantern. It is still bouncing off of some of these stones, as well as the wall in front of you. You guys can see more of what's going on here. The two of you see, as this light reveals, there are two somewhat stout, broad-shouldered, but short skeletons approaching your friend melio one of them holds a shield and a bundle of javelins the other one has two axes one in each hand neither of them are wearing any armor their skulls are broad as well there is a third figure standing further up it is not a skeleton it is wrapped with cloth with a ring of silver draped across their shoulders, like a shawl, or like a wide collar resting on their shoulders. Behind that figure, there is a bound rattling laid down upon a hand with hands out in the uh, claw and it's sitting there like on the wrist and you can see that it's been broken off there but it's now sitting in front of the back wall of this carved out section of the stone but laid on it is this rat
4: so this is a big hand yes it would almost be like a throne that you could sit on like size hand
0: you could it would be a very spacious throne in fact
1: like the palm is like a table
4: yeah yeah Yep,
0: it's very, very large,
4: and it gleams.
0: All of the fingers and everything reflect. It's very well detailed. You can see the creases carved into the hand.
4: Oh, so this is a stone hand. Yes. Got it.
0: But this is the diorama before the two of you when you come up. Now that you can really see more of what's going on here, what do the two of you do? You guys can see Melio, but I think he's a little ways away from you, and these two skeletons are definitely approaching him.
1: I have an idea. What up? I'm going to turn you invisible. Because I feel like you're more useful as the invisible character than Urzidi is. Alright. that work for you? Yeah, yeah, pitch it to me. Uh <laughs> not gonna pitch the idea to you. Urzidi's just going to do it. <sighs> That's funny. Yeah, I got I just have to roll for I sword magic. Urzidi half's talon drops into that like mental state of the land of smoke. That's a ten. Three hold, very good. Uraziti reaches out a hand and touches Kimmin, turning him invisible, temporarily. Go do something clever with that peasant brain of yours. Then Uraziti charges towards that skeleton with two axes.
0: Kimmin, you are thrust into a strange vision. Everything around you turns to kind of an ethereal haze. Not the first time you have felt magical effects and had your views of the world altered, I'm sure. But still, you weren't expecting this, right? How are you reacting? You don't necessarily know what this is or the land of smoke or
2: how Urazidi's invisibility tends to affect the world around him. So Zidi makes his pithy remark and starts running ahead. Kimin starts to respond and then realizes nothing looks the same. And he holds up one hand and realizes he can't see his hand anymore.
3: Oh, got it. All right.
2: His voice coming out as though through an old tube speaker. It takes a few tentative steps. I think I adapt to this somewhat quickly, but I'm like kind of stumbling over myself at first. And then I'm going to creep my way toward the figure in the back near the hand. That's my plan. Kim, and as you
0: are approaching, this mummified figure makes a few motions, looking at Urazidi, making his way across this clearing. And you start to see a swirl of what looks like ferrofluid, shavings of metal that kind of magnetize and stick to its hand, standing on end like hair would. You probably have an opportunity to act, as Urazidi is not focused on this figure and is approaching one of the skeletons. What do you do?
2: I'm going to try to cut this figure's hand off with my dagger.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: All
2: right. Yeah, go ahead and hack and slash for me then.
0: I believe this kills the invisibility. Is that right? I think that's how we played it before. Yeah. Since it's temporary. That's
2: what I do. That's a nine.
0: (laughs) Roll your damage. Four damage. Four damage. You don't have messy on your dagger. Is that correct? I do not. You're going to cut into this thing's arm. It has a weird resistance to it, right? You're used to, perhaps, flesh and blood, but it's not there. And as you cut into it, it suddenly sees you. It finds you there. And it just reaches with its hand and reaches back around to where you're holding the dagger. And it grabs onto your arm in about the same spot. And you feel this pain searing into your arm. And your arm splits open. Take four damage. Armor apply? No. Melio, you have these two skeletons coming at you. Ruzidi is coming for one of them, but you're probably not aware of that yet. You can see more clearly now these squat skeletons, now that you have enough light. The one with the axes is going to reach you first. Its axes are not shaped like yours are. They are triangular, like the axes come to a point. So rather than have like a broad axe head, they're like a really wide pick. Yeah. Comes forward starting to swing. The one with the javelin is lining up another javelin shot, but it's staying out of your reach.
4: What do you do? You know that shaft of the spear that I cut off? Uh, it's in my offhand, and I'm just going to smack him across the face with it. I'm going to take the plus one forward, because I'm going to ju- actually, instead of smacking across the head, I'm just going to chuck it at his face and you know try and disorient as I just come up and try and just gut him, lack of guts, whatever. Spine. Hit the spine. Try and take him out like a, the heftiest tree with my axe. Absolutely. You get this plus one forward, go ahead and hack and slash. Nine. I was hoping for ten, but hey you know, I'll take a nine.
1: I'll take a nine.
0: Uraziti, if you would like to aid, you're in an opportunity to do so, since you said that you were approaching already.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna spend one of my hold to aid from a distance, and I'm trying to turn the mosaic under the skeleton's like charging feet to sand so that his foot like sinks in as he steps down.
0: Throwing its weight off from what it expected, sure. I, I like that. That's a magical use of that. I think.
1: Yeah. Ten.
0: Hell yeah! With that ten, awesome. That's gonna bump you up, Melio, to a ten as well. Go ahead and roll your damage for me.
4: I'm gonna put myself in a spot.
0: Ah. Okay. All right.
4: I'm glad I did. I guess I had four damage. Oh <laughs> no. Three and a one. Oh. I was hoping to be a little bit more triumphant. With this stumble
0: and its step, you decide to go for it. You dealt four damage, you said? Yeah. Your axe crunches and, and a couple of bones crack under your blow. And though its first axe swing misses, right, because of this stumble, because you really extended yourself, it seizes opportunity, and it moves more quickly than you expect, suddenly bringing this second axe up, and it batters against you, It smashes down, and it brings another one up and smashes down into you just as quickly, now driving you back, especially against this stone, which is right behind you. Go ahead and roll a 2d8 for me.
4: Oh, jeez. All right, give me a d8. Let's go. What the hell? A 6 and a 4. It's best of, and it has two piercing. Oh, great. So I'll take 6 and go to 1.
0: Yeah, so this bashes against you, and you quickly find yourself in a bad spot as one of these axes sinks through your armor. You feel that just cold feeling in your stomach as you realize how close to death you are. Ruzidi, your friend's in a bad place. The javelin thrower has turned its focus on you, and you can tell that it's tracking you.
1: I'm going to spend my last hold, and that sand where that skeleton's leg had kind of, like, sunk in for a second reforms into a giant spear that shoots up into the skeleton, and I get to just deal my damage. Sick. That's five damage. Describe
0: how this magical spear destroys this skeleton.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't think it's like a spear. I think it's like a Dark Souls style greatsword just blasts up through the skeleton and then kind of blows away, falls to dust.
0: Yeah. As it falls back as sand, like along the mosaic discoloring or scarring it, the bones rattle back to the ground as well in pieces. However, a javelin is now hurtling towards you. What do you do?
1: I'm going to try to roll underneath of it and close the gap on this skeleton. Yeah.
0: Yeah, give me a Defy Danger Plus Dex then.
1: <laughs> That's an 11. <laughs> God
0: damn it, Ryan. Stop taking all the good rolls. You roll underneath this javelin and make yourself up to it. It's pulled another one out from its quiver of javelins, but it's using it now overhand rather than underhand because it's not throwing it anymore. It's going to use it as a spear against you. Yeah, yeah. Kimmin, your arm has just split apart in the same place that you cut this mummified figure. It's reaching forward with its other hand towards you. What do you do? Kimmin
2: looks at his arm, blood leaking down his forearm, slickening his grip on his blade. Looks at the gash he just made on the mummy's arm. And as it reaches for me, I'm going to duck under it and try to get around behind it into sort of like a headlock kind of position. And I want to stab it in the eye. Yeah, you're going
0: for the wrapped, covered eyes of this thing. That's my plan. Go ahead and give me a hack and slash. (laughs) It's a five. This mummy still has wrist control. So as you try to duck under it, it simply shuffles a little bit and uses your momentum to kind of keep you running off. The Irish whips you, essentially. And you go stumbling off to the side. As you do this, it looks at the group of people all in combat. It lifts off its left hand, and it motions in a rising motion, and the bones of this destroyed skeleton slide back together and build back up. Melio, you see in front of you this skeleton reassemble itself, and it picks its axes back up slowly. You maybe have a minute to react or to get away, if you so choose, but it is rebuilding.
4: I'm bleeding all over the place, right? Things are looking bad. I look terrible. What I would like to do, as the blood mixes with the ink in my hands, is try and tell the last story. One of the most personal. The story I want to tell is the one of Luco's true demise. As the blood and the ink from my body mends together, you feel a great pulsing energy emit from the source of my chest. And then rushing out of me, you see this bloody and inky rock pulse out from my chest, talons up as it attempts to sweep and pick this skeleton apart. Sick. And this is the the story of the reckoning when the Shah came to see Luko. The thing that was so terrifying to the people of the city after they had been decimated and dominated by this foreign power was that there was this unholy bird in the sky that would just take prey. Like, it would just come down and just pick people out of the streets and eat them. The Shah has a giant demon bird <laughs> that he rides around for for fun. Yeah, I've got that uh, Metal Hurlant move. I got me an eight. All right. Uh, metal Hurlant on a ten plus, the target takes damage and is deafened for a few minutes. On a seven through nine, you still damage your target, but it is out of control. The GM will choose an additional nearby target. This is the unfinished art. That's why it's all muddled with my blood.
0: Go ahead and deal your damage to this skeleton before you. It was four damage. Because Urazidi and this other skeleton are both there, that it would hit them. So I think it just like smashes through and its, it's wingspan just collides with both groups that are fighting. So it's going to hit... The one that wields axes, and it's going to hit Uruzidi, and it's going to hit the one with the javelin. So everybody takes four damage. Armor will apply. Urizidi, you are fighting this one with javelins when you're suddenly hit by an inky wing that smashes into you. Probably smashes both of you to the ground. I know it doesn't have forceful, but I think it makes sense that it's, you know, there is a percussive force to this, if nothing else. Yeah. You feel the pain in your side as it collides with you. But both you and the javelin-wielding skeleton in front of you are dealing with the same issue. What do you do? You're still kind of in combat with each other.
1: Oh, Razidi gets up into kind of a half crouch and just sweeps Talon, trying to clip through this skeleton's spine, like that spinal column right above the pelvic bone. It doesn't really matter. I'm just going to try to huck this skeleton in two different directions. (laughs) So in case it tries to reform, it is
0: harder. Are Are you using sword magic for this or are you just trying to tear it apart? No, I'm just hack and slashing. Okay, cool. Go ahead and roll hack and slash for me then. That's a 12. Jesus Christ. Go ahead and roll your damage, Uruzini.
1: That's seven damage. Describe destroying the skeleton. Talon is serrated and precise. I don't even break two vertebrae. The blade just slips in between the vertebrae and just cuts right through it.
0: Yeah, it it falls to the ground in, in these two big pieces. Still unmoving. Kimmin, this mummy turns its back on you and is facing the stone gleaming hand that raises out of the mosaic here and picks up this hooked dagger and it begins reaching
2: toward this ratling that is tied up on this hand. What do you do? Guys? Yeah. Tell me a reason I don't wait for the mummy to stab the
4: rat before I attack the mummy. Because this is just big demonstrative bad magic.
1: Yeah. Agreed. And as much of a piece of shit as I think Kimmin is, probably. Like, Kimmin's true self, I feel like, is a bastard more than he's willing to admit. I don't think he's that kind of bastard.
2: Yeah, you're probably right. Kimmin runs full bore at the mummy as it's raising this dagger in the air, and I'm going to chop block it. I'm going to dive for its knee and
4: try to collapse it. Okay. Give me a defy plus strength. You got this, Kimmin. Roll not like shit. God, fuck. it's a four
0: god no as you run at it it is attempting to do something but you're still interrupting that right in its left hand it holds this hooked dagger but as you approach it turns and swings its right hand out the hand that had coalesced this magnetic looking material and a series of spikes raise up out of the ground and catch you piercing you but not really enough to do damage but it hurts and it lifts you up off of the ground and you are essentially trapped by these spines any movement is going to deal harm to you but if you stay where you are it merely hurts the searing pain but not physically damaging you does that make sense it does and i think it's awesome you are held there and it turns back to its work grasps this knife in both hands and lifts it above its head Melio, this dual axe-wielding skeleton is coming down back on you again, having reformed itself, and after being smashed by the rock, it starts to bring its axes back down on you. What do you do?
4: Well, I don't have as many options as I would like. So as these axes come, I'm going to try and disarm this thing. It's got two axes. It does. My axe-wielding skills are not great, but (laughs) fuck it. I have a beard and he doesn't. Mm. I'm going to try and hook it under one and leverage bar the axe out of his hand and knock the other one as well as he's trying to swing at me.
0: This feels more in the precise realm to me if that follows. So give me a defy ninja plus dex unless you want to argue for something else.
4: Nope. That's fine with me. You can argue for quick thinking. Nope. I'm going to stick with dex. That's what plus two. Okay. Just checking. The fuck do you, I got to do for you? Put us in you. <laughs> that was uh, a nine. <laughs> I'm still
1: getting over, Zach, just putting those dice in his mouth. <laughs> that was a weird one. <laughs> can I eight? Is this close enough? Yes. Uraziti, you can aid. So you're trying to disarm this thing?
4: Yeah, I'm trying to take both the axes out of its hands. I'd like it not to make me dead. That's what I'm trying to do.
1: Yeah. Uruzidi's modifying his original plan, which was to throw this skeleton half off the ledge. And I'm going to chuck the upper body of this skeleton at the other skeleton and try to foul it up. Go ahead and roll your aid on this one, Urazidi. Yeah, it's a six. <laughs> oh!
0: Urazidi tries to throw this skeleton torso at the other skeleton and misses. It's gonna hit you. Yep. You could disarm this skeleton in front of you. Uh huh. Or you could dodge this thrown torso. Interesting.
4: I believe I have to pull away as I see this fucking torso whirling at me. I'll use the last bit of my brain in order to dodge a flying object.
0: Yeah, this torso, like, smashes against the stone beside you guys and scatters into a pile of bones, basically. However, you are unable to disarm, sadly, this axe-wielding skeleton. But with that space cleared, it now looks over at Uruzidi and begins running at you. But before we handle that, Kimin, you've been raised up and are in some spikes. It's uncomfortable. Yep. You see that this mummy is going to bring this dagger down into the rat. What do you do? I
4: want to give potentially an opportunity here. I own a bow and an arrow. And now let's just say I'm on my knees and relieved as this skeleton charges at the guy who should be fighting the skeletons. Do your thing.
2: Now I'm actually going to do a really bad thing. I'm going to release Ish. No.
0: That's interesting. Completely release ish, let him go forever, is what you're saying.
2: I don't have to roll for that. Ah, okay. So it just acts, right, and then dissipates, is that correct? I'm pretty sure you can just release a spirit, but the spirit talk means that like I, I can rebind it, so um, I think I can just release it. Yes. Isht.
3: I'm sorry. We need your help.
0: The dwarf stares at you silently
2: please. I'll remind you that I promised Ish that I would take him back with us to release his spirit. And uh, yeah, I'd like to spend a hold to redirect the attack to Ish.
0: Ish materializes in front of this dagger as it comes down toward the rat and he lifts his massive shield, taking the blow and dissipates. The dagger clatters to the floor, skittering across the mosaic. The force of this spirit pushing it away the mummy is somewhat exasperated you know you see its eyebrows underneath the wrappings lift (laughs) you haven't used magic around it yet right so it's caught off guard somewhat but you're still hoisted in the air so it begins making its way over toward the dagger somewhat slowly milio you were kind of setting yourself up for something are you going
4: to try to shoot this mummy yes i am on my knees i think i get up the ranger position one knee up one knee on the ground Try to stable myself. I'm bleeding like hell. I'm going to try and shoot this thing right through the eye.
2: Yeah, give me a volley. I was going to tell you to shoot the dagger, but you wouldn't
4: know to do that. No, I'm just shooting the thing. Nine. Choose one of the options from the volley list. I am going to expend an ammo. Here's the thing that happens. My fucking arms are limp. I have to, like, figure out the adjustments because I'm losing so much blood. I, like, shoot and it goes fucking astray. I have to shoot again and it goes a little bit to that way.
2: No, your string, your draw is, like, slick.
4: Oh, yeah, my draw is slick with blood. Yeah, That's pretty sick, yeah. actually.
0: Yeah, expand an ammo and then roll your damage. A three. Three damage? Yes. Your arrow hits it, maybe in the calf, right? Not enough to destroy it and you feel a biting pain in your calf. Take three damage as a hole opens up there and you begin to bleed from it. Uruzidi, you are beset upon by this dual axe-wielding skeleton. It's swinging furiously as it comes at you.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to use the greater reach that Talon has and try to brain this thing. (laughs) Go ahead and hack and slash for me. That is a four. I rolled snake eyes.
0: Damn. The skeleton catches your glaive with one of its axes and gets within your reach, right? Swings a big uppercut into you. You're going to roll best of 2 to 8. That is a 4 and a 7. So 7 damage. It has 2 piercing. I am down to 6 hit points. Ouch. You're fine. Melio, I think you have the most freedom to act right now. Yes. What do you do?
4: So the mummy is fumbling around for the dagger.
0: Yes, the mummy is reaching for the dagger. It's probably grabbing it right now. Kimin is hoisted into the air by spikes, and Uruzidi is being attacked by this axe-wielding skeleton. Still have a bow in your hands.
4: Yeah. I've got to shoot the double-blade skeleton that's coming at Zidi and hacking down on him. I've got to take this fucking thing out. I would finally shoot the mummy, and having regained some semblance of... Sturdiness in my arm Move over to help Ziti as I see him get accosted
0: Before you even really pay attention To what the mummy's doing, you're already turning your bow Yeah, i just be like, got it And move on That follows Go ahead and volley for me as you try to shoot this skeleton Five Melio, you go to loose another arrow At this skeleton And the fingers that you have Around the arrow slip Your arrow just goes careening off scattering across the stones somewhere and you realize you can't feel anything in them anymore and your fingers as you watch even quickly seem to bruise and then blacken you can still move them but you just don't have any feeling in them and there's an awkwardness and a numbness to them the bruises begin to run into each other run along each other and blacken as blood pools in your fingers kimmon This mummy is moving, again, back toward the rat dagger in hand. Not paying you any mind, really. What do you do?
2: Can I get my hand around one of these spikes? Sure. There are, you know, thorns on these spikes. It's going to hurt. That's what's going to happen here. Yeah, can I throw it? Can I throw it at
0: this mummy? Oh, you're going to try to, like, break the spike and throw it at it? Yeah. This isn't really a volley, nor is it really a hack and slash.
1: Defy danger plus dex to deal his damage? Nah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm aiming towards. I'm not... I don't think it's... It's not dex, it's con.
4: Yeah, to... You're
0: resisting the pain that you're... By
4: moving, it hurts, right? I think... Does that work? You said it was covered in thorns, too. Yeah, I I think you're right.
0: I could maybe buy wisdom
2: in the sense that this is like willpower yeah wisdom's way better for me but Khan makes more sense okay
0: I mean I'm willing to listen to other arguments if you think something else makes sense
2: no I had in my mind like a volley situation but honestly Khan makes the most sense to me okay
4: yeah, yeah. and during the pain especially after JD said that there were thorns on the spikes
1: mm-hmm. it's gonna lacerate your hand yeah
4: so yeah give me a defy
0: danger plus Khan a four.
4: Oh my god
0: <laughs> Kimin, okay, you're able to break one of these spines off and hurl it at the mummy but it swings around and chops it apart with its dagger it falls effortlessly to the ground it turns and drives the dagger into this squealing rat and cuts down along its chest and into its belly reaches into its stomach it begins to pull the rat's intestines out of its body and piles it, almost draping it across itself. The rat shudders, and you can see its lungs inside of its open chest, struggling to inflate and deflate, and you see its heart stop. Uruzidi, you're still beset upon by this axe-wielding skeleton. It's within your reach, the way that you described it. You can't really hit it with your blade at this point. What are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna summon up some sword magic, or try to. I think this
2: whole time you can just hear Kevin yelling both of your names and yelling at the mummy
1: hey magic man that is a nine so I get two hold and I'm going to spend the first one to deal my damage go for it smoke is beginning to coalesce in the air above this mosaic area and a massive sword made out of obsidian and gold drives down for this skeleton. That is eight. Yeah, if you destroy the
0: skeleton. <laughs> describe it.
1: Yeah, just this long sword punches down and, like, pins the skeleton in place. So, Uruzidi and Melio, there's no conflict
0: going on around you. Both of you are pretty messed up, I think. Yeah. So the two of you are no longer beset upon by anything. And then as you turn your lantern towards the scene in front of you, right... Kimmin is hoisted up on these spikes and is screaming to try and get your guys' attention, it seems. Stop it! Stop the ritual! And you see this wrapped figure draping the bloody, fresh, steaming guts of this rat across itself. Draping it on it like some terrible shroud. It stands before all of you. Gore dripping off of it. Arms outstretched. Dagger held in its left hand. You can use your hold, your ZD, but you're going to have to defy danger to do so. This is not a free use of your magic. You are not simply attacking something that doesn't have defenses against magic. In order to deal your damage to it, which you can do, you'll have to potentially expose yourself to it.
4: Am I near ZD? You are near ZD, yes. I would like to attempt something. Please do. I would like to use my arcane art. this particular story is a continuation of our unfinished story of the conquering of Luko. For this was a political conquering. City was blown from the inside out. But it is shown through a symbol in this story that I tell of the day that Luko and its council wrapped the god king in its finest silks made him to look a conqueror of their people. I'd like to weave my inky arcane art into this cloak that covers Urzidi in the likeness of what his father wore as he marched on the promenade of Luko, declaring himself the emperor.
0: Fuck, sick. And you're going for arcane art on this one?
4: Yeah. I should probably roll it first.
0: Especially the way that this scene is lit, which is very dark and very bright and nothing in between, right? Very Frank Miller, as Nathan said Mm -hmm. earlier. And you, bleeding, very injured, sees Uruzidi line himself up, basically, and readying his glaive against this priest now, draped in gore. And you feel the magical energy around. You're like, I'm going to protect my boy. (laughs) Yeah. Before he really... you know, You can feel this pulsing emanation this energy channeling in this area with this ritual so yes please roll arcane art i love it
4: all right so that will be a nine uh which means that it is oh yeah i had to choose the effects which were going to be heal 1d8 damage and plus 1d forward forward 2 damage hell yeah i'm readying him for conquering right i love it um so he
0: heals 1d8 damage yep excellent
4: three cool take it what's it what's
2: the seven through nine on that
4: it's uh drawing unwanted attention to myself or uh oh no or the magic reverberates to other targets affecting them as well which is also kind of spicy but yeah whichever one makes sense for you
0: you see the covered eyes the face the blank face of this mummy arms outstretched turns from probably focusing on him in since he had been the one that was the most out there and and in the attention the gaze of this mummy and it turns now and and looks at you melio it feels the magic pulsing from you Urazidi. you can choose to use your sword magic but i will still need you to defy danger
1: no one of my other things is take away an enemy's advantage can I can I see like is there like some sort of haze or is it, does it just have like a counterspell thing that it can use? Is there is it like a visual representation of it's a magic nullifying?
0: It's not magic nullifying. It's that it also has magical capabilities, right? It's not that it's just going to like blow you off. It's that if you
2: pull this off, it might counterattack you. Interestingly, I don't think it has an advantage so much as you don't have an advantage anymore. Right. Which I don't. I mean, I don't know it. I mean,
0: it's like a second-level enemy now, is the point to that, right? It's more powerful than it was, given this whole emanation of things.
1: Yeah. Then I guess my clarifying question is, what am I going to have to defy danger with? Because I can just stand here and do it. Yeah, what's your core magic? Int. Yeah, it'd be int. Oh, okay. So it's it's no different than, like... Like casting a spell. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I'm still yeah, gonna it's, do that. It's but. just
0: big magic happening against each other. It's sort of like you leave a trail of magic towards yourself, potentially that could lead back to you in a way. Yeah. So you're gonna go. You're gonna go for the defy danger plus intelligence.
1: Yes. Twelve. Whoa! It's too bad you can't put yourself in a spot oh, on this yeah, shit.
0: Cannot. But you do get to do your damage, and you already get the extra D4.
1: Yeah, 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 don't
0: forget that.
2: I love flavorfully that that carrying over to something like this, because in a lot of cases, like that wouldn't carry over to a spell, but yeah. like what you're doing absolutely makes sense for it to carry over to this spell. Like right. right. it's fucking cool.
1: Yeah. Urzidi curls talon, like it's a spear, and in the air, talon becomes massive, bigger than it was. The shaft turns to gold and the blade turns to obsidian. It's like a giant spear hurtling towards this mummy. That's seven damage.
0: Tell me what this looks like when this mummy gets destroyed by this spear.
1: Yes. Oh, hell yeah. It just bisects it. Talon clatters past it and back into its normal self.
0: Splits it across and this gore, right, goes scattering. Just to make it really sexy, the spear, like as it goes through the priest, it drives into the hand.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: This black shadow across this gleaming white hand. Kimin, you take seven damage.
2: What does it look like as I die?
0: I want to roll because I could go real deep on this. Either way, I think your gut is getting split apart, right? Just by the damage of this. Potentially bisecting you if you pass on.
2: Uh, I had seven life, by the way. I know exactly.
4: Oh no way!
2: I was watching. He oh. was
4: at seven. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was like, oh, let's was like, see what. Let's see if this happens. Like, I think
0: it
1: does. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that doesn't come as a surprise. Wait. What? That was wait 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 wait. So what link did that mummy? I
0: mean, I'm... I, the very first thing that happened when Kimmin stabbed it is that it grabbed his hand and basically cast a linking spell. So any damage the priests took, Kimmin takes. Nathan, I think you understood that, especially after the arrow hit you.
1: I understood that, yeah. yeah. I knew what was going on. I did not at all understand that. Which is fine, because you would have done the same thing. It makes sense. It's a sexy time to make
0: this roll. Oh, God. Come on, buddy. Kimmon, you get just a glimpse of your black gates. Please describe
2: them. Kimmin's boots scrape for a moment, the narrow, ashen-covered pass that leads between the giant bones of beings long dead. Rib cages and femurs, tusks, partial skulls variously shades of bleached, all gesturing toward the open mouth of a boar with eyes gouged out and flies the sizes of horses flitting around its body.
0: All right. As previously described, no mortal thing is able to enjoy their last breath within the Vulture Lands. Instead, when you are reduced to zero HP, roll plus nothing. Seven. This is a move called Death Leech. This is last breath in the Vulture Lands. Death Leech. On a 10+, and this is what Zach got last time. You're still alive with only a glimpse of the Black Gates. Describe it. On a 7 through 9, you are in between life and death. Unholy magic is sustaining you, but you'll quickly die without it. So if you leave the Vulture Lands, or if the evil is cleansed from your body and soul, you will return and make your last breath again. However, possibly, you could maybe find something that might preserve you permanently or properly restore your soul back to your corporeal body. So you're still here, Kim in, but you are detached in a strange way. You can feel, especially you, I think, right? The others maybe wouldn't be aware of this exactly. But your soul is not properly connected to your body. It should be held on with rivets. It should be impermeable until your physical body dies and then your soul passes on. That's how things typically work. But you can feel that your soul and your body are dissociated from each other. So, as long as you stay in the Vulture Lands, you are a normally mortal creature. You can wander around, do whatever you want, you have free will, theoretically. If you leave this place without finding a way to either hide yourself completely from death or to fully reattach your spirit back to your body, you will immediately go to the black gates and you will immediately roll last breath. In. But for now, you're here
2: mostly? Does that follow? It does. Zedi, as Talon rends this priest in two, you see Kimmon through your vision of the spirit world, that fraction that you can see, you see Kimmon split into two. And as his spirit starts to dissolve, you see it all reassemble a few feet away, like a 3D image. Strings attaching the joints as his body falls pathetically away from the spikes and onto the and hits the ground hard. Blood pouring out from dozens of wounds in his body. Kimin,
0: you're a dead man walking. To your two companions, momentarily at least when his body hits the ground, Kimin appears to be dead. He hits hard and does not react. If you approach him, which I assume at least one of you is doing, he isn't breathing and he doesn't have a pulse. But then slowly his eyes open back up. They seem glazed over, distant. They can't seem to focus on either of you or on anything in particular. But, slowly, maybe he'll be able to speak with you again.
2: Kimmin loses two more fingers.
0: They got left <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> Oh God! I left him in the land of smoke. <laughs> has anybody seen any fingers?
2: Um, <laughs> has anybody seen any fingers?
4: <laughs> should ask Jimmy Two Fingers over there. He's a goblin.
0: <laughs> He's holding two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never take me alive, Copper.
2: <laughs> they're they're on fire for some reason. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I'm sorry. I think Jimmy got a hold of your two fingers.
0: <laughs> Jimmy Two Fingers is a little crazy.
4: <laughs> Jimmy Two Fingers is not your regular guy. <laughs> ah! <laughs> they have no flesh. This is the fucking worst. I'm so good at fighting flesh things. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I use Fleshmancy. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Skinomancy or Fleshomancy? Which one do you want?
2: Flesh, Go oh,
0: no. Duromancy. I'm a cosmetic surgeon. Thank you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make you beautiful. <laughs> Are we talking lumbering or uh, quick moving? They
0: move like a normal person would. Oh. They're not zombies.
4: Like on a scale of lumbering to shambling to walking, they're just walking. They're walking. <laughs> this fucking sucks. <laughs> um, can't even get fucking proper skeletons in here. That I can... <laughs> Cut! Cut! Uh, oh, I'm sorry. They're 28 days later. Skeletons—they're fast. Um, we well, got other one. Well, uh, uh, things.
0: Yes, they are armed. Holding up a couple arms.
4: <laughs> they're using skeleton arms. Uh, Jimmy, fast. two arms.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like nunchucks. <nerd jokes. laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: You should see my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another skeleton holding two feet in the air. It's Craig. Eight oh, le- no he's Craig. Eight legs, <laughs> he's got a little spider
2: bottom. Uh,
4: Hang on. Which one of us is Brendan Fraser in this adventure? It's you. Yeah. Yes! Yeah, Kimin's Kimin's way too nice. Go. Or Kimin uh, rather go. Brendan Fraser's way too nice to be Kimin. And that's Benny over there, right?
1: <laughs>
4: yeah, thanks so. I'm so
1: much more competent than Benny. <laughs> yeah, sure man. Get
4: fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's smoking like a true benny no i'm very confident i'm not like that other idiot benny no, no uruzidi, uruzidi is the
0: americans
4: yeah that's, that's actually what uruzidi is <laughs> that's He's like oh full of himself and it guns out yes. at all times and dead and,
0: and dead and on the wrong side of the river <laughs> very good good job i might watch that movie tonight that movie rips
2: i never get tired of it
4: I did, like i would never realized that the mummy was going to be our cultural touchstone. It's so is there
2: are there chimera are there chimera movie nights in the Patreon thing yet? Because
0: Oh, that'd be so much fun. I don't have it listed, but we
4: should. I would definitely do a mummy.
0: Yeah, pretty much uh if you want to watch the mummy with us, uh if whatever, join
2: our Patreon. Just we'll let you know.
4: Lifetime invite. Come on in.
3: What's
2: Chimera movie night? Oh we watched the mummy. Oh, what are you watching after that? What? The mummy.
1: <laughs> the, the mummy the uh, mummy Two, no. oh, you maybe the watch, scorpion no. king scorpion king is good i'll watch scorpion king I, i'd watch scorpion king with a bunch of strangers i'll watch Hell scorpion yeah.
0: king like one two three four and five there are so many of those <laughs> wait a that's minute that's true
1: i've only seen the first
0: two and uh, only yeah. the first one was good i've never yeah. seen any of the other ones but yeah they just
1: keep making scorpion king
0: movies for some reason
4: it's like they want it to be a fast and furious but no it just because they don't ever go to the there. theater
0: <laughs> They're like yeah. direct to streaming movies no. at this point oh. I think that's what it is Like the mummy uh. They like don't just dish out Because they like think Maybe they could revive that franchise But the Scorpion King They were like They sold it off to Direct to DVD They're like whatever, And now it's just I, yeah.
1: I, I saw the second Where one Where the one best fantasy movies live Is just direct to DVD <laughs> You're not wrong
2: Damn straight cool. I, love, I love that I was like What do you guys watch after the mummy He's like I don't know We might watch Might watch Men in Black Or like watch...
1: <laughs> Zardoz Or watch uh, Conan zardoz hell yeah i, it, I have to I, admit i've never seen zardoz so oh, dude it
2: rips I, it's real weird but it rips. I was I was uh oh, fuck up like, we might watch indiana jones and the crystal skull
4: <laughs> uh we might watch abraxas what? starring jesse the body of Ventura. i do want to
0: watch him Abra- we'll watch a bunch of movies with wrestlers in them
4: that movie is hot
1: garbage <laughs> oh no it's trash yeah, I, we can watch the rundown another hot garbage movie starring Ooh. a wrestler <sighs> a
0: lot of them out there that could be its
1: own podcast
0: actually what's yeah.
1: everybody's
2: favorite uh interpretive dance scene in in a movie because mine is the running man after all of those the hunters die uh yeah um, and, and jesse
0: it. the body ventura fucking leads an aerobics group wearing an american flag <laughs> yep. yeah
2: hell yeah one of my favorite scenes ever it's amazing so let's get back to it <laughs> Take me to the land of the one-eyed cyclops.